Betty. Betty, 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 Betty. Betty! Betty, 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 Betty. Freddy. <laughs> Freddy, 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 Freddy. Freddy. I'm so excited right now. I know. I out Betty. I know. I know. That was crazy. <laughs> you out betty me. I know. I was going to eat dinner and then I was like, no, I want to watch. I want to watch Freddy. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I bet. So, so should we... Should we change the false Betty's name to Freddy? Freddy. From now on? Yep, it's give, Freddy. Give him a little tribute. It's so funny. So we'll have to wait for dinner. Because oh. <laughs> I'm watching Freddy. Because you're watching Freddy. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I love it. Oh, my goodness. Um, I'm wearing my fedora in honor. Oh, wait. I, I I'll put mine on then. Yeah, you better. I also have my VHS copy. <gasps> it's it's like propped up here. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, I still have that one, the original. Uh, heck yeah, because the awesome. one that we used to watch the exact one. That's so cool. Yes. All right, this is your ten. Are you my ten? Um. Okay. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> you are pumped. Yeah, I'm pumped. Wow. Pumped. Oh. Yeah, I've been watching this too. Actually, um, I've watched it a few times. Better. <laughs> <laughs> Do you love Dream Warriors? Um, it's the best ever, okay? <laughs> Normally you'd be like no, you can't watch it. <laughs> I know. If it's Dream Warriors, oh, watch it 84 times. I know. I'm Betty. <laughs> Jeez, you're Betty. All oh, right, my God. I'm so excited. Gosh, Freddie got into the Zoom. Freddie was in the Zoom. Like, these kind of happenings are already um, happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The happenings are happening. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Oh, man. It's like when you start falling <laughs> off a cliff and you know you're falling and you just, you have to fall. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> you were Mario on those like mushrooms. <laughs> yes, I was Mario on mushrooms. <laughs> I mean, jumping on them. Oh, yeah. Remember those ones in uh, Mario 64? Those ones where it's like, it's so hard to jump right onto them or else you just fall out of the sky. <laughs> yes, I do. Oh my gosh. That's exactly who I was. I know. <laughs> You're just like, here yeah. do we go. Yes. And then I went. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> oh, so funny. Wait, did we just turn into uh, Ted and Jimbo? <laughs> yes. Wow. Oh, <clears throat> oh my God. We did. <laughs> well, the happenings are happening. The happenings are here, too. New Line Cinema. You know, this is the studio that Freddie built. Uh, I know. Awesome. That's really fun. 
You know what's yeah. funny? Yeah, made him really famous. Hmm. On Amazon, this is <laughs> this title is frightening and sad. This is the weirdest description for Freddie. Wow, unbelievable! I'm speechless. <laughs> it's like, it's I, I find it very uplifting. This is the weirdest way to describe Nightmare on Elm Street I've ever heard. Yeah, title for is sad. Sure. Yeah, it's I'm I'm really excited. I'm excited with our Academy Award nominees, Patricia Arquette and Lawrence Fishburne. Oh my God, really? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited about that too. Oh God, that's the best. Yeah, this is this is totally the heyday. See, this is when things get really Billy. Um, Billy for sure. Like we have to talk about Billy. Yeah, let's talk about that. You're gonna give your ten. I'm gonna give my ten. 10. It's a party. I'm just microwaving my decaf coffee. Decaf coffee. Yeah, well, because they're all drinking coffee, and I, <sighs> I can't actually drink the, the real stuff, so I have this instead because I'm actually a dream warrior. It's just part-time, but I mean, I'm, I'm one. Oh my god, your coffee. That's awesome. Yeah, so you'll never be able to accuse me of, of not just fully doing it up with Freddie because I have coffee. Yeah. I'm so there. I love it. You're the you're the one who got me into this movie. It's so good. I mean, it was I just remember very, very good stuff. Yay. But I'm I'm gonna say it in a bit. Okay. And yeah, it's gonna be fun. So I really am looking forward to this. I'm gonna start with a eight point nine 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 and Ooh. just work my way backwards by just pointing things out the whole time that I love. Okay. And then I'll I'll finish at my rating, which will ultimately be the highest rating from here on in this in this category. Until yeah. Halloween six. <gasps> That's right. Halloween Actually. six taking place in the original house. Mm. That's gonna get eight and four nines. But for now, um oh and four is gonna tie three in nightmare. Four four is my top for Halloween. Yeah, I know. I know. That's gonna get a high rating for me too. Halloween four and six are are gonna get up there. Five will not. But four for nightmare, I don't know. That could go either way, oddly enough, for both of us. Which is super funny. That could definitely, I could be like, what is going on here? I only like the song. I know. Or I could be like, whoa, dude, Vicodin style. It just, it really it's, depends I know. on how receptive I am to the Vicodin style. I know, I might actually really like it this time. I I tend to uh, become a sucker for things that really make me laugh. Yeah, me too. And the Vicodin style does crack me up. Oh my God. I really like, and and it's not even like making fun of them. I, I think it's no. like an excellent style. It's a good. It, it's a Vicodin style. It's a it's a it's a style of method acting that is is an unrecognized form of cool. Man, that's so very underappreciated. Funny, because because oh. I know that back in the day, you know, during during all the message boards and stuff, I know that people would just ruthlessly make fun of that. Well, of course, ruthless. You know, people didn't like Kirsten and. Nah. Nancy's mom, they hated these characters. I love Nancy's mom. I do too. There is not one other person who should have been in that role. Oh my God. 
So we <laughs> we killed them. <laughs> we all <laughs> gathered together. And you ever noticed that she looks? Oh my gosh! Yes, she looks exactly like from, oh. from down the street. Oh my god, that's funny. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah, she really does. You know what'll be really fun is if you beep beep that out with an actual sensor beep. Yeah. Just beep out the name. I'm going to. And it'll just be so funny. People are like, who the hell is he talking about? God, that's so funny. Yeah. Well, then the happenings are happening. Okay, the happenings are happening. <laughs> Dream, what do you do? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. It's all coming. <laughs> it's all coming. Yeah, this, this movie has been watched so many times. Because it's awesome. Like, you just always requested it. Yeah! Because I'm a dream warrior. And then I, I would pretend like I would begrudgingly go along with it, but then I would be smiling the whole time. Yeah, because it's Nancy. Hello. I know. I know. I loved it. And you know how much I love Kincaid. I love Kincaid. Are you kidding me with Kincaid? I know. He's quite the, quite the winner. <gasps> Welcome to Slashers and Suits. Hey, welcome to Slashers and Suits. Oh my goodness, today is the day. Today is the day. We've both been waiting a long time for this, and we've hinted at it, but now we're actually about to do it. Oh my gosh, okay. Um, I'm a dream warrior too. Yes. <laughs> yes. You you are the captain. Of <laughs> I'm so excited. At this point... It's, we've seen it so many times. It is a 1987 classic, which is my favorite yes. year. <laughs> yes, you've got a you've got a really good soft spot for 1987 and with good reason. And 1987 was one of the best years of my life, that's for sure. Aww. So I am, I am right there. I am just totally, you know what's funny? We know this movie back to back verbatim. We could recite every <laughs> yeah. line. I mean, we have seen this thing so many times, and even the last time we watched it, not that long ago, I know. it still felt like the first. Because it's that good, people. I mean, what you got <laughs> here, you got your Lawrence Fishburne, okay? You got your um, Oscar-winning, Oscar-award-winning Patricia Arquette as the star. Thank you very much. Woohoo! You are welcome. So, I mean, <laughs> Dream Warriors, this movie isn't messing around, okay? So, like, buckle up. This goes for a ride. This is my absolute favorite Freddy, by the way. This is, like, my favorite way that he behaves and, and my favorite okay. one-liners from him. This is the movie that made me Freddy's attorney on the forums. Yes, and this is, this is the movie that convinced me to really take another look at how much I loved A Nightmare on Elm Street as a whole. Yeah, you know, the saga. It really affected me. I, I loved it. And and so, like, speaking of that, you know, we talk about how one of the things that we love, if not the thing, about these late 80s slashers yeah. is that they do things, they do things very differently. Yes. And... All of a sudden, we get the return of these icons. Oh, my God. All of the icons come back. 
So look at the last movie we covered, Jason Lives. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, Jason's back. Now here comes Freddy. Freddy's back. So we're seeing a revival mm -hmm. of the genre as a whole and a revival of these uh, superstar killers, which are now commercially viable. Okay, so does that mean that you're into revival? <laughs> <laughs> I am into revival. I think that Nancy would be proud. <laughs> uh, she might uh, close my tab. <laughs> she would be proud. Oh, so, um, yay. Yeah, and, and so now that you mentioned Nancy, I, I let's just go ahead and say it. Oh. Nancy comes back. Nancy is back, everybody. My absolute favorite, top number one final girl of all time. Nancy is back, and she has this really cool way of relating to the kids, which you'll see. I think it's amazing. I'm excited. Yes. Yes, I'm very excited because, yeah, when I realized that Nancy was back, it was that... One aspect of this movie that really just grabbed a hold of me and said, okay, it's time to come back to Elm Street. Yes. Absolutely. Really, it, it, it it's felt good. Time. It's like, yes, it's always time. Never a bad time for Elm Street. So just like we talked about with Friday the 13th Part 6, yes. the people in this movie have grown up on slasher movies and see them as the coolest thing in the world. So yes. what you get here is a very stark contrast from the way that other series do things. Yeah. Uh, so, for example, the teenagers in both the Friday the 13th and Halloween series, mm -hmm. they seem to think that they're too cool to be right. in these movies. Um, and so they, yes. you know what I mean? It comes across as if they're almost annoyed to be there. Yes. And yeah. But not here. No. <laughs> no. Uh, he, right here, right now, everybody involved is basically the most excited ever you could possibly be to be with Freddy. Yes. Yes. So for me, that's one of the things that created the Elm Street magic was the fact that everyone in the cast, and it's not even just the teenagers. When you look at no. the adult, you know, the, the helper figures, yes. like we're going to meet the nice doctor. Yeah. And we're going to meet Lawrence Fishburne's character. You know, there are these grown-ups sprinkled about who are very helpful yes. and, and kind and understanding. And they really enjoy being here, too. You know, you can see it. Just think about think about anyone at all in a Friday the 13th movie mm -hmm. and their energy. Mm -hmm. You know, it's... It's kind of a funny thing that they're doing. Yes, it is a funny thing that they're doing. <laughs> well, and especially when you get to the boobaloos. Yes, you, you, you look at things like the boobaloos. <laughs> <laughs> and you look at things like the, the stars of Jason yeah. Lives, who were constantly quipping back <laughs> and forth. The entire film, they were essentially looking at us, winking and making jokes. Yeah. So that's where we are in the other series. Over in over at Crystal Lake, we have become a full blown self parody. Yes. Whereas on Elm Street, oh. this is a really 
passionate, serious thing. Everyone is fully invested and they're putting on a hell of a show. Oh, it's serious. Like, and, and that's another thing I love about the Elm Street kids. Uh, it's, it's a group of teens that we get to care about because they're given personalities, like they're given friendships, you know, it's about them more. So, I mean, it's also about Freddie because Freddie's awesome and cool, but they don't sacrifice the teens in order to make the icon. Like we still have our team. Yes, we do. And this interplay becomes incredible when all of the teens are, are mutually experiencing a crisis that causes them to have to work together. Yippee! Uh, Amazon Prime for me, I'm at two seconds. Okay, I am at 10. <laughs> oh, you did your thing. I did my thing. Now, now while you get up to 10, do you want to say a word about the followers? Oh, yes, absolutely. So I want to, I mean, we both would love to say thank you to all of our new followers. We had an increase, quite quite a big increase in followers over on Instagram and Facebook uh, the past few weeks. Um, we're at over 6,000, which is just incredible, uh, amazing from all over, um, new, new fans from Ireland. So definitely shout out over there. Can't wait to, to talk to everybody and, and put out yeah. this episode and, and just couldn't do it without people responding. Yeah. And eventually I think we're going to have to create a place where people can discuss the episodes Absolutely. and interact with us. Yes. And I think we will probably go live with our Patreon soon because we can create, you know, a, a chat board. And I, and I think that would be super fun to talk about episodes. Yeah. And eventually we can even do things like group watch alongs. <gasps> Let's do a group watch along. Yeah, because this thing <laughs> it is rocking and rolling. That was a really good song, by the way. <laughs> That's <laughs> definitely top 10 material as usual here in the podcast. You uh, you always got to show off the pipes. Oh, my God. I love it. I love it. Pipes. <laughs> so another old Ange classic oh God. there. And... Uh, yeah, I, I will. I will echo that sentiment. The followage and the support is a wonderful thing. People, they like this. It's so fun. You know, they like this because we didn't know what would happen when we started doing it. Mm, no, then, I can't tell ever. Yeah, we just uh, we started doing it and we did it our way. Yes, we did it how we wanted to do it and. That was just taking a laid back approach to watching some movies that we love. Yeah. And, and we have so much fun. And obviously we love these movies. We love the genre, the atmosphere, the, the, the characters. And so just super, super fun. Can't wait to keep it rocking and rolling. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what we're going to do because I, I think one of the reasons people like this is because we're not one of those podcasts that acts like these movies are corny. No. You know, because so many people have been conditioned mm -hmm. to to think that they're 
they're not supposed to enjoy these for one reason or another. I know. You know, if it's not one thing, it's the other. And and so exactly. one, one thing that people always say is, oh, you know, these movies are cheesy and they always trip and fall or the car won't start or they run uh, too slow or whatever. No, uh, and it's like if they didn't do that, there would be no movie. So everybody needs to calm down. Like from the beheadings to the boobaloos, just enjoy the movie. Exactly. From the beheadings to the boobaloos. <laughs> we enjoy every second here. We enjoy it. And I think that uh, <laughs> that's going to be our new cheers whenever we cheers. Oh, no. So for our, ooh, speaking of which, let's, let's put this on a yellow sticky note. <gasps> if New Year's Eve turns out to be a special show oh. of one sort or another, then we're going to keep that as our toast Amazing. from the beheadings to the boobaloos. Oh, my God, yes. Uh. I already have some ideas, but I'm not going to spill the beans here. <gasps> Can't spill the so. beans. <laughs> That's we so fun. We will do fun. lunch on that. Oh, we will definitely do lunch. And I usually don't, like, they on Amazon, they have that thing where it tells stuff about the, the characters in the movies, the, the x-ray option, which I don't, like however i do want to share this one tidbit because it's super funny that the freddy glove that was stolen from this movie from nightmare on elm street 3 was found hanging on the wall of the work shed in evil dead 2 which also came out that year and it was this fun thing between wes craven and sam raimi like through the 80s and i thought that was really funny and you have to love that because those guys were buddies mm -hmm. and certainly two people that we have much respect and appreciation for. Totally. Totally. And in <laughs> fact, oh, that, that's a good one. The <laughs> Halloween reference there always makes me smile. <laughs> always makes me smile. And now do you remember that I have a signed copy of Evil Dead 2? I know, Ash. <laughs> and do you, do you recall that we found that at random one day? Uh, at, a, at a video store that was going out of business. I do. I remember that. In, incredible stuff there. Now, my Dream Warriors VHS tape is sitting here right on top of the dresser. It's it's going to watch this with us. Oh, heck yeah, it is. All right. So let's see. I'm getting to 10 seconds. New Line. Oh, so are you right on the New Line Cinema or right after? I am right on the New Line Cinema. Okay, sweet. Oh, here we go. Okay. Actually, wait, I'm going to plug in my fan. Oh, is it getting hot? Oh, by the way, so the New Year's episode. Um, it's not going to be New Year's Evil. No, it's not going to be New Year's Evil. De it's definitely not. But there's, <laughs> no, there's another one. There's, an, there's another New Year's one. That's so funny. Yeah, but <sighs> it's... It's like totally its own trip, and you might hate it. <laughs> so, well, if nothing else, though, we I do want to play the New Year's Evil song again because that is really good. Why why don't we just do our top ten? That's what we should do. Of course, we should do that after a a solid year, pretty much of this. That's totally. What I we think do. We, yeah, we could do a top ten. 
Wait, didn't we? Was that our first veto on New Year's Eve yes. or New Year's New Year's Eve last year? Yeah. And didn't we do that like on New Year's? Yeah. <laughs> and so if anybody missed that, you can go to our page or Instagram slashes and suits and you can see the little video I made because usually I make a teaser video for all the movies. But this one was vetoed, so you can hear <laughs> you can hear Jesus' commentary and exactly why we vetoed it. And that was that episode. <laughs> yeah, that was the first ever veto, which turned out to be a really useful tool. Negative thirty six billion was your final rating. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. Gosh, I, I tell you, I. I really hated that movie. <laughs> so funny. You know, I really did. I think it's my least favorite slasher ever. Negative. Oh, God, that was so funny. Yeah, it's all about the music for that one. It's, oh, New Year's. Just, it's exquisite. It's so good. It might be the best one. See, and what a problem that is. Yeah. It's the best Seriously. band. My goal is that we can one day do the watch along, but it's going to take me years. <laughs> oh my God. That's so funny. Oh uh... yeah. I'll need time with that one. <laughs> <'Cause it sucks. laughs> oh my God. That was so negative. <laughs> oh, do you remember when we realized yes. how much it, because we kept thinking it was going to turn around, and then we were like, no. It actually got worse over time. It got time. worse. Yeah. Oh, man. So what was up with that? It sucks. So <laughs> but oh. nevertheless, so 10 seconds. 10 seconds. New line, cinema. And countdown. Uh, three, two, one, and then, I'm, and then we press play when I say play. Okay. Three, two, one. I'm so excited! <laughs> Sleep. Those little slices of death. How I loathe them. Edgar Allan Poe. Yes, we, we have a really appropriate quote to start out. And Did you hear this music already? Red lettering. Now we cut to the credits and we have got some classic Elm Street tunes playing in the background. Ominous. Oh, 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 the synth comes in. A Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors. Check oh, out that look, card. Look at that. Look what's already happening. Starring Heather Langkamp. Thank you very much, Nancy. Favorite. Yep, that's so we go right. Look at this. We go right into it with a scene that appears to be someone cooking up crack, but <laughs> it's actually. <laughs> I thought she was making pancakes. I forgot what she's doing, but I believe it's some sort of creative uh, staying awake device. Yes. Either either that or she is um, making an artistic rendition of Freddy's house. Yes. And that is so cool, by the way, because it, it jumps right in to the, a montage, basically. But or, you know, cutting and splicing together all the different ways um, and things you need crafts to make. A house a, like a dollhouse but the mm -hmm. paper mache is that what it is it's something with plaster stuff and the newspaper it's so cool it goes right into our girls um 
interior world that she's she's crafting. And so I think it's super important. We can't even skip over that, that we are straight on starting with our girl, like the one we're going to be following yeah. and representation that she's making of her dream life. That is, you know, what, what other movies, what other genre in the entire decade, like focused on, you know, a, a girl's home life like this. So this chick right here, her name is Kirsten. It's Kirsten and Kristen. Oh, that's right. Because everyone pronounces it differently throughout the movie. Which is pretty hilarious. Yeah. That's fun stuff. So look, she's got a bunch of coffee. Um, she's trying not to go to sleep for the same reason that our kids in the first Nightmare on Elm Street were trying not to go to sleep. And you hear this song? Oh, get ready for some... We are high to the 80s you know, hair metal tunes. Into the fire! Yes. Into yes. the fire! Dawkins is the house band in this movie, of oh, all things. heck yeah. It's true. If you watch the music video from the 80s, Dawkins is in the video with Freddy. Yeah. Which is awesome. On delay. So Kirsten's mom is kind of like a, a Las Vegas cocktail type. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> you like what she says, Andale. Yeah, she, she says Andale. It's really fun. <laughs> and she always um, is kind of in her own world, and she's not really a part of Kirsten's life. Mm -mm. So no. I, I think that that's really important to note. So you have this disconnect here. And, and Kirsten definitely feels sort of alone. That's what I'm saying. Like, immediately we're drawn into this girl's, this, you know, teen's world. Her family, there's not a dad in the picture. Like, she's not close to her mom. She's, she's really lonely, you can tell. And she's having this whole experience that she can't talk about or her mom doesn't want to listen to. And I think Nightmare does that really well is just highlight um how intense you know a teen's life can be yes it does yes it does and and so here she's going to sleep and we get perhaps the one quality that sets the nightmare series apart the most is that we go back and forth in and out of the dream world yes <gasps> and and um... we, we sometimes we don't know which one we're in oh absolutely but I think right now we are in the dream world. <laughs> Look at this. Oh, Look at this. That's kids. the house that <gasps> she just made. Oh, she just kids. made that. And now here it is. Amazing. Freddy's coming for you. Creepiest. Like this made me not want to have kids. It's <laughs> 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 so creepy. Oh. <laughs> oh, I needed that. I needed that. So, yeah. Um, where to go from there? <laughs> it's, it's too early to have my permanent grin plastered on. So, okay, little girls on tricycles. And 
and and look at look at the look at the way she giggles at Kirsten. <laughs> I know. This Creepy. is so funny. This. I gotta go oh. now. Oh this my god. Like he's gonna appear through the next three Freddy movies, and every time she appears, so you just kind of have to laugh. It's so like, good. It's really fun stuff. And see now we're. She goes in, though. That's the other thing I'm talking about. We know she's the final right. girl. Why? Because, boom, immediately, even in the dream world, even when it's super scary, she rushes in to save this little girl from what she feels, you know, could be super dangerous. That's final girl material. That's the courage that we want. And she's already demonstrating. Ooh. Yeah, she's, she's definitely... A cool character and like you said also actions speak louder than words because she hasn't said too much yet at all totally uh-oh this is where he takes us so not a great <laughs> not wow. a great thing because freddy's my absolute favorite but He's pretty much done the worst things ever in the world. So, we're uh, yeah. Just... So, right? Didn't we talk about in Nightmare on Elm Street Part One how he was the most irredeemable? Yeah, he is. <laughs> there's no, there's no uh, pushing that aside. Like, you know what he did to children. However, um, <laughs> we don't think about that because he's also. He's got a sense of humor. <laughs> Stepping fun at a side. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Look at that. Oh, she's stuck in the mud trying to uh, run the little girl out. And Freddie, oh, the come on with that on that first on-screen appearance with the glove, just slow-mo running. So good. Yeah. Oh, that is so look at this. Like yeah, teenage suicide, say, don't do it. These, like these set pieces, uh, just full of really psychedelic, uh, sort of dark dream stuff. Yeah, not afraid to go there. And the things that were happening in the eighties, with you know kids and teens and isolation and depression and and things that were really just being talked about, kind of in the open for the first time. I feel like it's really amazing that they yeah. they really go into that. They they highlight it. They do not shy away from those images. And and in fact, I think they bring it directly into prominence. Yeah, they <gasps> they really do because we didn't deal with any of these themes. No, uh, in in the slashers of the early days at all. You know, the teens weren't even humanized really. And and here, all of a sudden, we go through their issues with them. And that's the thing. Like, these these teens have problems. You know, FTT, yes. like, they're they're partiers, in a sense. They're yeah, they're they're total partiers. They're just there for the paycheck. Um <sighs> and to get killed by Jason. And did Freddie make her cut her wrist? Like that happened in the dream world. But as we know, what happens in the dream world with Freddie can come out into the real world. So now, because her mom found her like that, she's been put in a psych ward. So now we are in 
a psych ward for for our movie with Larry Fishburne. There he is right there. <laughs> Larry Fishburne. Oh, and this um what what is he called? Like the the counselor, the top counselor guy. Um Dr. Gordon. I really like him. I think he's a very cool presence for these kids. Yeah, he is. He's a really good-hearted individual and a positive adult presence, you know, someone that they can trust. And he's taken a personal interest in all of the kids who are here. Oh, man. And this is such a cool walk through the hall. You know what I just noticed is that in his walking, like, towards the camera, they just introduced all of our kids. The guy running down the hall, um, Taryn, the one you know, who was doing drugs and the the little blonde girl asking for her cigarettes. We see Kincaid in the isolation room. That was a really neat way to like really quickly show our group. How about this duality here with the good doctor and then Nurse Ratchet? Seriously, he cares. She doesn't. She's uh she's doing that whole procedural thing, you know, by the books. It's, right. it's all about the rules. And I would really love to point out how they have her dressed because it's subliminal. She's got the uh, Wicked <gasps> Witch a, of the West get up on. That's totally right. Yeah. And he's got that kind of like business casual thing going. Yeah. Business cash. Business cash. Um, okay. But did you hear her mom say oh she's just trying to get attention yeah that's yeah, terrible that, you know it really it really illustrates the level of the disconnect between Kirsten and, and her mother so she's gonna have to find some other allies this is her new reality she just woke up here oh. she has to stay here they're not gonna let her go and all of the other teens in here they all have problems too and, and I think that one of their problems is something that they all have in common. <gasps> Never sleep again. Nancy! Oh, 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 who is boom, this? Boom, boom. Okay. Okay. Enter the legend. Oh, I have chills. Me too. <laughs> I have full on goosebumps. Nancy is here and she knows the rhyme. <laughs> She knows the rhyme. So the legendary Nancy, the final girl from Nightmare on Elm Street Part 1, she's back. And, and she's actually gotten herself an internship at this youth psychiatric hospital where she's going to be working closely with the kids to try to understand why they're going through what they're going through. And as we know, she definitely has had her share of nightmares with Freddie and I, she's the perfect person to believe them. Yes. Oh. So she's, she's going to end up being the ultimate ally here, having been through the ultimate uh, bad dream situation. You might, you might even say nightmare situation. I mean, yes. she's, you know, she's been through it. She's lived it. <gasps> and look at that. So he, the doctor notices that she's taking pills called hypnosil. Hypnosil, experimental drug to suppress dreams. Ooh. And 
Nancy has the white streak in her hair that she got from having nightmares in Nightmare Part 1. An astute observation, and I will also add that she's about 15 years older. <laughs> it's only been, okay, it's been three <laughs> years, but they put her in like adult clothes <laughs> and makeup, and so now she's a grad student. Yeah. Which is, oh, look at the nurse. No, I mean none. Oh, what was that? Who was that? Um, what was that? Ooh. Okay, I'm going to point out something <laughs> I love because attention to detail is something I very much appreciate. Larry Fishburne here, who's, his name is Max, um, you know, the yes. like, cool the cool orderly to the to the kids. He, they put a band-aid on him where Kristen cut him and I'm just saying continuity, I like it. Yes, that's that's really good detail. And then this cat right here likes to make voodoo dolls. <gasps> okay. Scary already by the way. So, they all have their own room. Uh some of them are are like tutu room. Yes. When they're on suicide watch. I think that's really good to point out too. Yes, that's right. You know, there's been a lot of suicides here at this establishment. And uh, it's safe to say that tension runs high here 24 mm -hmm. 7. You know, and mm -hmm. also, let's talk about Kincaid because I think that we would be doing a great disservice both to the film and to sociology if we didn't note that he was placed here uh, arbitrarily and for all of the wrong reasons. Absolutely. I mean, he's Kincaid is the only kid in here who's who's not in here for an actual reason to be in here. Like, yeah. he didn't do anything. There's nothing wrong. He's in here because he looks like Kincaid. Yeah, he, he looks like he does, and he grew up in an urban environment where he got into fights and and, and so all of a sudden he ended up in here it's uh it's indicative of the black hole if you will that many people ended up in in these days when dealing with the criminal justice system yeah so now he's in this psych ward and they said that he's been thrown in the quiet room the isolation room many yes. times so you know, his his anger at being there, rightfully so, lands him in uh, in there. So he's he's one of those dudes who just got completely screwed over by the system. Yeah. And they they put him in this place that ruined his emotional makeup. Yeah. Exactly. To the, to the extent that his his anger was greatly augmented. And, and thus it becomes a self-perpetuating cycle that, that ruins his life. Yes. Um, look at how the dynamic between Nancy and Kristen's mom I find fascinating because, like you said, you know, she's not invested in her daughter's life. Nancy is kind of there saying, hey, you know, I, I actually think that there's something to this. I study pattern nightmares, pattern dreams, and, and she's earning her degree in in the dream world which by the way right. just idol like absolute idol i s just love studying dream worlds of different cultures like honestly 
Nancy was my inspiration. <laughs> for I have to know that. I'm one of the only people that knows that. Yeah, Nancy was my inspiration for going to grad school and studying like dream patterns. <laughs> I, I think I might be the only person that, that like truly knows that and grasps because that that is true. Yeah, it is. It really is. is. Nancy influenced you to yeah. grow to graduate school and study dreams. Yeah. It so, just very repeating. We should do an entire episode where we <laughs> say that over and over because it is so incredibly fun. And whoever said that these movies are a bad influence? Uh, talk about the greatest influence. I wanted to be Nancy. I, I thought she was so interesting and you know she's into survival what what more can you ask for exactly exactly it's um, it's very harmonious series permanent part of your life oh my goodness and look at these kids i also want to say these are some of the coolest kids they're so talented you know the one guy who's creating the dolls and, um, and you know, Kirsten, Kristen, who can create the model house and she's drawing pretty things. I Just to say, I really like these kids. Yeah, I think this is a really good group here. These are um, my favorite kids, actually. And, and also, I'd like to issue a challenge to ourselves. By the end of this uh -oh. episode... I would like to come up with a name for this kind of group. Yes. You know, like we named we named the groups that come from early 80s slasher movies. We call them the full suites. The full suite. And so oh. what the full suite was, was a, a collection of uh, one of each social archetype. Right. right? And, and in absence of that, what we have here is a group of people who are bound by, by a collective experience. And, and so... Instead of looking at their archetype, all, all of a sudden we're just looking at them as as friends, mm -hmm. and we're appreciating their bond. And yeah, it, it is very, very well conveyed to the viewer that they are in this oh. struggle together. Okay, oh. nobody in any early '80s slasher movie was in a struggle together. They were all being killed in different rooms. That's what I'm saying, and I, that was a jump scare for me. The pig. Coming oh, back pitting? to life. That scared yes. me. But yes. No, that so, was, I know. It, you know what? Believe it or not, that one got me the first time I saw it. I love this though, because again, it's that split second, right? Where the tricycle came into the room and we're in the dream world now. So we went from her drawing, but we what we didn't know was that she fell asleep like in that split second between looking at the page and the tricycle coming into the room. Yes. Yes. So part of what we keep track of when we watch Elm Street movies is when are the characters asleep and when are they awake? Okay. And, so and one way we can tell is there are little signs that what? reality. <laughs> cool. Oh, the huge Freddy snake. That's so cool. Yeah, that's great. Freddy's going to make a dinner out of Kristen. Hey, yeah, I like that song too. Oh my God. But okay, this is the coolest thing ever. Check it. Nancy, 
Nancy is looking at the house that she grew up in. Like Freddie's house is her house. And, Freddie's house, her uh, house. And she's being summoned into the dream world. Yes. Enter the dream warriors. Dream warriors because okay. they can come uh, into uh, each other's dreams and fight Freddy together. <gasps> oh, oh, you. See, you are you are on it tonight. You answered that before I even asked. I was going to say what is a dream warrior? <laughs> oh, it's my absolute favorite kind of warrior. Exactly. Exactly. So we used to talk about this back in the day, just how how a dream warrior was like something to be, you know, just oh, the way yeah. that they can hop in and out of each other's dreams and, and also their mastery over their own circadian rhythms. Absolutely. Just the way that they can control their sleep cycles for the purposes of their own survival. And uh, I'm going to say it so many times throughout this movie, because it's especially true with Nightmare, but also this one in particular. Do, the depth of her character right here, Kristen, the way that they're they're going into her emotional being, you know, and, and her history, and she gets to talk about who she was and, and is as a girl. And there are there are so many conversations even today about like women in film and do they get lines that are important and blah, blah, blah. And I'm saying, are you kidding me? Take a look at, at Nightmare on Elm Street part three, Nancy as a mentor and, and Kristen who gets to talk about her emotional struggles and Nancy getting to talk about her work, studying dreams and, and trying to get teenagers, you know, to, to safety from their own pain. It's incredible. It really is a, a model, I think, for strong female characters. And I, I think that it's something that's not acknowledged enough in the genre. Here's to Freddy. Freddy! My goodness gracious. From the what to the what now? <laughs> From <laughs> beheadings to boobaloos. From the beheadings to the boobaloos, we say... <laughs> A hearty cheers to A Nightmare on Elm Street for its progressiveness yep. and its awesomeness at the same time. So how about that? Yeah, that I'm just like, there's, it is the pinnacle. <laughs> <laughs> I think, it, you know, in right. cinematic history of Would, would you agree women. that this, this movie should have been on repeat at at colleges throughout the nation at this time. Yes. Uh, I think it should be shown now because I think it does a better job than movies now at showing strong female characters and just interesting people in general. Look at Kincaid. Have you seen a Kincaid, by the way, lately in your little slasher remakes? No. <laughs> Have you seen a Kincaid lately? Because <laughs> I'm just saying, I haven't seen a Kincaid lately. I haven't seen a Nancy lately. Exactly. 
Exactly. So I, I agree with you. I, I think that A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3, The Dream Warriors, is is the pinnacle when it comes to, yes. uh, you know, female roles in movies and them being awesome and fully fleshed out and cool and influential and inspiring. And troubled, like you get her, you know, it's, you get the girl who who wants to be a Hollywood actress, the little blonde girl, you know, she has a smoking oh, yeah. problem. It's like you get these interesting people with issues who are, but who are given not just like storylines and plot lines, but compassion. There's compassion here from Max. I mean, Larry Fishburne. Oh my God. By the way, as we all know, Lawrence Fishburne, Morpheus from right. The Matrix. So Morpheus, hmm, that's that means dreams, the god of dreams. So Morpheus being in the dream world in Nightmare on Elm Street, I really, do you think that was the inspiration for the Matrix? My god, does Yale know about this? <laughs> but do you think... Citizen what? Oh my god. Oh my Cop god. I do you think that Larry Fishburne maybe went to those to the to the writers and and he was like, you know what? I know about the dream world. Uh, uh yes. Matter of fact, he went to the writers and handed them the red pill. Oh, that's what happened because the red pill was Freddy. Ooh, the red pill is Freddy. I love it. <laughs> so just another connection, by the way. That's incredible. So so wait a second. If the red pill is Freddy, then that means Freddy is the red pill. I believe <laughs> that is the communicative property. Does Harvard know about this? Um, see, you see where I'm going with this is so, that yeah so what you're saying is that nightmare on elm street ran the gamut of academic excellence absolutely it did and uh, you see you see what i'm saying we we could still be studying this colleges across the world i think and i'd like to think that one day we will i think so i think the spirit of nancy compels me <laughs> <laughs> the spirit of Nancy compels me to. Yay! And look at this little budding romance. Oh, um, I knew it. I knew it. I knew you were going to do it because I was about to explode. It's it's almost too much damn cuteness. They're so adorable together. It's the perfect thing. You know, the, the nice doctor and Nancy... Yeah, uh, coming in here with all of her ideas. And that's the other thing. She's not coming in here as an intern, being all passive. She's like, hey, I have an idea. This is what we should do for these kids. I believe them. Let's go. Yeah. Nancy is the greatest <laughs> thing that happened to these kids. Oh, my truly. God. This. OK, dream world. We're in the dream world. Hey, and, and what you have right here, by the way, this very sequence was the influence for an entire series, Puppet Master. 
This is so cool. Freddy as a little puppet. That, by the way, is kind of terrifying when the... Oh, he becomes Freddy! Oh, heck yes. Oh, check it. Oh my goodness. We've got Freddy. Oh, slicing him up though. This part, I think this might be my number one creepiest. Uh, oh, he's pulling the veins out and walking him like a puppet. I know. Oh, that's gotta hurt. It's so creepy. That honestly, yeah. Number one, as far as like a creative um, makeup effect that just seems crazy painful. Now, would you say that Dr. Gordon and Nancy are going to end up in your top 10 couples? Absolutely. Okay. Are they going to end up in your top five? Yes. Wow. Are you kidding me? It's Nancy. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, and there's no use even doing the who would you be with because it's Nancy. Right. I mean, it's just Nancy. You better be with Nancy. Nancy <laughs> is everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yes. Oh, oh, oh Joey. God, he doesn't talk. Back. He doesn't talk. And so, yeah, and the, oh, that. His roommate's in a wheelchair, so he can't... Oh my god, he can't walk. He can't talk. Like, so they see the boy who, who's being just strung up by the by the puppet strings by Freddy, and he's gonna fall out of the building unless they can wake people up. And oh. remember that this kid is already on suicide watch, so there's a, a very no. good chance of misunderstanding here. Yep. And so Joey's trying to wake up all the kids. See, this is the part I love is that all the kids yeah. are in this together. They know what's happening. They know that it's not suicide. They know yeah. what's going on. And I think that is also a huge element to this. You know, the, the parents, the adult figures, never understanding the teen world. Yeah. <gasps> Whoa, and he falls to his demise. Oh, Philip. All right. So, so look, then they, they have a meeting the next morning to sort of discuss their feelings about what happened. They lost one of their people. And he's number one, right? He's the first gone. He is the first. Yeah. He is the first. And somehow... We really felt that one. Oh, that one's so sad for me. The yeah, I, I actually, like, I really felt that. And and I'll tell you this. I mean, there is not a, a Friday the 13th movie with any death that I actually feel. No way. Um, but that death just now, I felt. Why? Because he was a fully fleshed out character that we developed a connection with. Yes, and we're on the kid's side of fighting for the fact that, hey, you know, nurse, this wasn't suicide. Like, can you please understand who he was as a person and not just slap this, you know, stigma on him immediately because it's easy? Right, right. And so I think we really are going to have to elaborate on this because 
what we've what we've done here is we've gone from siding with the killer as we were doing in Jason Lives to siding with the kids. Yeah, and I just absolutely love that about Elm Street. Is yes. I love the group dynamic. I love, I mean, as much as I love Freddy as like the icon of Freddy, I'm all about the group of kids and fighting against, you know, some common like villain and um, getting to know each of their personalities and strengths. Oh, and here we go with Kincaid again. See, he's the one telling the truth and trying to, trying to explain what really happened. And he's being taken away and put in solitary. Of course. So, uh, I mean, it's, it's telling the truth. Nightmare's getting into it a little bit with Kincaid. Just saying. You know what? Does Stanford know about this? Just tell me Stanford does. You mean because it's, it's where race relations in cinema <laughs> should be should be studied. I agree. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. This is the only movie that should be shown for all progressive causes. Exactly. Ooh, and so he's sticking his neck out there saying that he wants to prescribe hypnosil and because he's siding with Nancy, you know, saying let's just get these kids not dreaming if she's right yes. then we we have to care for the kids and the nurse is well the doctor um is she above him she's the director still does not really exist oh yeah but for freddie now the reason that's important the reason that's important is because there was uh there was a very awkward situation where people started selling pills on the street calling them hypnosil after this movie that's terrible yes and people would actually buy hypnosil so <gasps> if for some reason someone tries to sell you a pill called hypnosil tell them nope i love dream warriors just as much as you do but i'm not taking your pills pal exactly because we already know that the red pill is freddy yes and our guy Morpheus <laughs> already told us that as well. <laughs> so Larry Fishburne, Max over here is a super nice uh, guy. And, you know, she just wants to watch some TV. She wants to be an actress in Hollywood someday after she stops being in the psych ward. She burns herself with her cigarettes. You know, that's one of her Ooh, issues. Right, right. Uh -huh. And and he's he has a soft spot for these kids so he's gonna let her stay in the room and um the scene coming up is one of my absolute favorite favorite scenes for freddy ever yeah it's actually a pretty legendary one so but before that we oh. have uh, some really shady stuff going on here this this guy who is the other orderly mm -hmm. uh he has access to the place where they yeah. keep the pills. Okay, so what, what he's doing is he is capitalizing on this girl's uh, addiction and so offering sad. her pills uh, probably in exchange for some sort of affection. And yeah, so, it's wrong on so many levels. It's uh, it's pretty bad deal here. And also... 
he's also what I call a Vinny. Remember we talked yep. about the Vinny? Yep. Yeah, I don't like totally. I don't like Vinny characters in slasher movies. I just don't like them. <laughs> no, because he's, he's a flying ball. Yeah, but you know what? It ends there. Like what I love about her character, you know, he points out her track marks, which was just so rude, first of all. Um, but she stands her ground, and I love that Max is the good guy. He's the right. good orderly as opposed to like the shadow side. Right. And and so you know what is legitimately frightening too is that Ooh. these kids really are in this alone. Yes, they are. They're they're all they have is each other. You know why I say that? Because that the slime ball orderly, after behaving like that in a slasher movie, does not get killed. I know. So, oh. uh, you know, we, we have no rules here, but what we have is a group of teens that are really in a soulful struggle together. I, I really appreciate that. Oh, heck yeah. And I also appreciate Zsa, Zsa Gabor over here on the TV. Yes. Yes. So um. person is trying to stay awake, but I think she may or may not have fallen asleep. Oh, oh she's asleep. She's asleep. Because Freddie... And he's like, he's like, screw you, Jaja. <laughs> this is great stuff. So Freddie is, is really flexing his comedic timing here. And we hear the kids. So we know we're in the dream world. Three, four, better lock the door. Uh-oh. And she's the one, remember, who wants to go to Hollywood. Oh, whoa! Okay. Uh oh, the arms come out of the TV and lift her up, and who is it? Freddy! <gasps> oh my God, you're big breaking TV. The <laughs> line, the line. Oh, he smashes her into the TV. Welcome to prime time. <laughs> yes. This is some really great stuff right here. Oh my um, goodness. That's see, my the, favorite. This is the movie when Freddy becomes like the ultimate one-liner machine. Yep. And his one-liners are probably better than any character that the 1980s produced. Oh, absolutely. Probably the best of the decade. She's looking for a big break. <laughs> Welcome to prime time. It's just <laughs> so fun. Into the TV. I swear, this is going to have so many of my top 10 favorite uh, creative kills. That has to be one of them. Yes. Yes, I agree. So so now we've got Dr. Gordon, and he's hanging out with the nun. And they're having a, a somewhat serious conversation here. We still don't know who she is, but she's been around quite a bit. She keeps coming in and out of his... Uh, well, around him, and I'm still not sure what her role is here, who else has been talking to her, but she is creepy. Oh my goodness, just staring out. The unquiet souls. Oh, <laughs> you must be so, to rest. You, you have to get a kick out of the fact that he's being followed around by a nut. Yeah. Tickles me. Oh my goodness. It's so crazy. And Nancy, but see, she disappeared. Nancy didn't see her. 
So that's our first clue. Right. I'm I'm really sad about the girl that just died. Are you? Um. Yeah. I. So this is the problem I have. Um with kind of all nightmare is that i love the kids i don't want them to go except the way that they go is super creative as far as like makeup effects and just um you know that using the veins as the strings it's also cool and then it's hard because i actually like the people right right so lots of things going on here at once mm -hmm. and two down I'm very sad to say. Two, Two down. down. How many more to go? We'll find out. Now we're back to the romance that you Aww. say is in your top five. Absolutely, because she's showing him her little Malaysian dream doll that's supposed to ward off nightmares. And, you know, it's it's so cute with the fire. And all of a sudden we're in, you know. Yes. Like Casablanca. Exactly. <laughs> exactly where we are yes ex that is exactly what they're doing obviously and like the height i can i can definitely vouch for the fact that when she shows you her malaysian dream doll it's real whoa that's intense yeah and she has some of just a touch of that vicodin style coming in Yes, she does, and she got it from her mama. Yes, she did. She got it from her mama. <laughs> so, uh, I guess we better do a refresh. Yes. <laughs> Vicodin style. Remember, we introduced Vicodin style in the episode where we covered Nightmare on Elm Street Part 1. Mm -hmm. You know, it was a really fun thing. For me, it was quite possibly the funnest thing in the universe to sort of analyze uh, Nancy's mother's acting style, yeah. which we we referred to as a, a brilliant form of method acting that <laughs> involved being muted to the extent that it seemed like you were on pills. Yep. And it comes out in the best way possible. And Nancy has just a touch, but you know you can hear it in this group setting here when she's talking about freddie and she's letting them all in on the fact that she knows what freddie looks like who he is she's like he wears a brown hat he yes. has knives on his fingers like <laughs> god it's, it's so incredible it's almost like if you put these people on slow motion mm -hmm. and the result is that everything they say becomes completely emphasized yep and they're totally clear, and it's a really fun thing. So we call it Vicodin style. And I love it. I love Vicodin style. In fact, uh, Nancy's mother in the first movie is is one of my favorite performances in the history of slashers. Mm-hmm. My Truly, too. I think that she was so good in that role. Oh yeah, because mommy killed him. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, if you want to ask me what I think the most powerful Vicodin style performances of all time. Oh no, none of this now. <laughs> to be continued in Nightmare <laughs> on Street part four. Oh, but you love her. I know. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, everybody's going to see. So we have a fight. We have a battle of the Kristen Kirstens yeah. going on here. Is that part? I am 100% this Kristen. Yes. Yes. And I'm 100% that Kirsten. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're Kirsten <laughs> and I'm Kristen. And, yes. and part four is, um, what's her name? Ruby Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> yes uh tuesday night tuesday night tuesday night the the 80s uh aspiring pop singer she kind of sounds like paula abdul and granted that song is amazing because yeah, it is. like i don't even know what a heart attack on a one-way street is supposed to be right the lyrics are out of this world um and I, I think that we're going to have so much fun when we get there because I want to include everyone in the battle of the Kristen slash Kirstens. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Where do I you want fall? everyone to chime in. Like, I need to know. We all got to... It's time to choose a side. <laughs> oh, it's time to choose a side. <laughs> On both. Let's say, do you, do you call her Kristen? Or do you call her Kirsten? And then also, do you prefer the one from Nightmare 3 or Nightmare 4? Ooh. I think yeah. that'll be a really good one. Yeah, I think so too. And part four is definitely Vicodin style. Definitely Vicodin style. What you have here is a very different sort of a performance. She's mm -hmm. she's more vulnerable for sure, but yes. she's also more present. She and is so, more present. Yep. You know, the, the pros and cons here couldn't, couldn't be more fascinating seriously i think that's it, it makes it a really good battle i think so too knows how i would feel if tuesday night wasn't also a great singer that's the other thing um okay that, so this is maybe the funniest thing to me so they're all in group now they know who freddie is they know what he wants they're recognizing the horrific situation so yeah. can Kristen bring everyone into the same dream world? And I don't think anyone knows yet. You know, they tried to to hypnotize themselves, and I don't think that they know that they've entered the dream world together. Why do we know this? Because um, Little Miss Boobaloo is summoning Joey into a private room. Right. The, the nurse here, I think we've seen her a few times so far. But now she's uh, seducing Joey. And what was the name we came up with for her? Was she Boobaloo of the West Wing? Yes, Boobaloo of the West Wing. <laughs> the, <laughs> oh, my God. And so now everyone knows they're in a communal dream. And come on. This is the coolest premise ever. They are all in this world together and look at this boy in his dreams he can walk come on that that's so that's cute really fun. so they've they've entered a dream state in which all of their desires are now reachable so <laughs> exactly whatever it was that they've always wanted they oh. can now have i love this so much oh is this why you don't like her though it's coming up huh i think so uh oh here it is Because Kristen does backflips. Goodness gracious! And you don't—you're not having it. Uh, well, I—I I think it's safe to say that 
this is a rather cringe segment. Um, but honestly, I, that might be part of the appeal. <laughs> it's so funny. They're like, oh, I love this. In my dreams, I'm beautiful. And bad. Yep. <laughs> and, so Joey, I think Hilarious. Joey's a little bit more practical. Um, Joey's is dreams. ridiculous. <laughs> Joey's is unfair to every single other kid here. Like, yeah. the, the way that... <laughs> that Freddy is messing with him is so ridiculously different than uh, the boy's veins being pulled out of his body and being taken up to to the high tower to exactly. <laughs> like excuse me I think Philip maybe wanted uh Joey's way to go <laughs> I know it's it's definitely unfair so I, I think most people would agree that Joey had the the funnest dream and uh is this woman actually freddy um i think she is because uh -oh. look she's turning she was boobaloo but now i think Ugh! oh my god because he doesn't speak so it's tongues oh my goodness that's, that's really brutal. that's crazy mm -hmm. oh goodness so, Boobaloo of the West Wing. Now, would you describe her as porn-plucked? She's, she's pretty porn-plucked. Um, yeah. Probably from Ohio. Probably. <laughs> I just think it's, like, the funniest. No offense to our friend, BB. Oh, absolutely. We BB love from BB. Ohio. We definitely probably. do. But she was porn-plucked. But I do think it's super funny. Just because, just because of how horrific everybody else is. <laughs> well, and, and I think we're going to get the payoff to that in part four. Oh, we definitely do. Well, and part four, I have, a, I have a little issue with Joey. That's another one, too. Do you like Joey who does not speak, or do you like Joey who can talk in part four? Yeah, that's going to be pretty polarizing. I'm 100% part three. So I am too on Joey for sure. Yeah. One hundred. <laughs> yeah, he turns into kind of a little Calvin Klein model over there. I, I see. I, I think that one's not quite as good because he seems to have lost all of his charm. Yeah, it's more Kristen Kirsten. <sighs> see, okay. So again. Everyone's in the same dream world. Freddy can reach them all. And I'm almost wondering, the idea was for them all to kind of gang up together and fight him together. But now I'm thinking this all this does is basically put everyone in the same place for Freddy to get. So it's backfiring, basically. Yeah, and they're still in their super-powered, enhanced, uh, idyllic dream selves. Aha, uh -huh, but they can be woken up. Because so they weren't under the spell of Freddy. Like they hadn't come face to face with him. Everybody except Joey. So now Joey's in a coma because he's lost to oh. to the dream world. And everybody else was woken up. Ooh. That's sad. It's really sad, but it's also what happens in your dream happens in real life. And because they hadn't actually 
you know, done anything with Freddie, they were all able to wake up. And I just think it's a really uh, an interesting plot device to, to use Dreamworlds because as we see in later Friday the 13th movies and later Halloween movies, like Jason and Michael kind of take on supernatural powers, which yeah. are they're to- they're not supposed to really. So it kind of, for me, is makes it super interesting and a little weird. But with Freddy, he was always a supernatural entity. And so there are no boundaries in these movies. Anything is possible because that's the rule of this movie. Anything is possible. And that's why this is such a positive message film. Well, exactly. I think, you know, anything is possible was was probably Freddy's original mission statement. I think so, too. I, I think that his entire purpose was to encourage people in a really positive way. Yeah, to <laughs> to be whoever you want to be. <laughs> you follow your dreams. Exactly. Freddy is here to remind us to follow our dreams. Oh, my goodness. So Dr. Gordon just got fired, I think. Yeah, he did, uh, which is really sad. So uh, what happened to Joey was pretty much the last straw. Yeah. And now he just lost his job. But he's already embroiled in this saga. So this will certainly not be the end of him. No, because look, he just saw the nun again. And oh, check this out. This kind of like hero's quest. Get into the old church tower. I think that's what this is and yeah find her the sister she's so creepy now she has a vicodin style yeah she really really does and you know i really wish that i could be followed around by a nun (laughs) (laughs) wow (laughs) amazing i don't even know what on earth (laughs) You know who I wish I could be followed around by are those, the dudes at the front who would like give me crackers and wine. Oh, for <laughs> sure. For sure. <laughs> you know what? I think let's make that one of the new awards. Is who should we be followed around by in yes. every movie? Yes, let's absolutely do that. Oh my God. I got in trouble, you know, for when I went to that catholic school for a while in elementary school and we had to we had to go to chapel whatever and i got in trouble because you're supposed to cross your arms if you're not catholic so that you don't get the wafer and the wine but i didn't (laughs) oh you got the wafer and the wine i did and then i got in trouble (laughs) (laughs) wow naughty i know it's so funny See, you need to be followed around by a nun. I know. <laughs> you know how many times I've been followed around by a nun? Um, how many? <laughs> None. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> hey, right? Sue, that's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. 
Oh my god. You kind of liked it, though. I, I know. That was really good. <laughs> so bad. It's good. Yes. Oh my god, though. This story. Amanda Kruger. So. Ooh, the plot we, thickens. The plot thickens. The bastard son of a hundred maniacs. Oh, that is. That's, I think that's like one of the best lines in history. It's the best line ever. The bastard son yeah. of a hundred maniacs. So Amanda Kruger was mm-hmm. taken to this boiler room again with the boiler room. Why is a boiler room in a church? Anyway. I know. <laughs> oh my God. There's a boiler room in a church now. That so, is how far thing goes in slasher movies. Right? So Amanda Kruger was locked in a room by accident with a hundred maniacs and ended up <laughs> pregnant. Freddy Krueger. There you go. What? So <laughs> what? That's what happened. I, think, I know. And I want you to be the presenter. Oh no. Whenever this movie is shown <laughs> at these prestigious institutions who are tending towards world peace and overall academic excellence. You know how we decided that they all need to watch this film. Yes, of course. I want you to present it. You have to go out there. (laughs) I'm going to. And you have to give that speech about Amanda Kruger and the origin story. I'm going to. (laughs) Because what is Freddy? He is the bastard son of a hundred maniacs. It's so good. Okay. Also, it's I find it hilarious how like Freddie's language is getting a bit saucy in this one. Mm-hmm. So when Nancy was over Joey, you know, saying like give him back, Freddie is talking to her through Joey. <clears throat> like cutting come and get me. That's <clears throat> oh, it's pretty crazy. Right, because they have a connection. Oh my goodness. Nancy's giving more of the story to Dr. Gordon. And it's her, again, it's her parents. Like Nancy's mom was part of that group of parents who burned Freddie. So this is really close to this group of kids because she has a direct connection with Kristen. Yes, 100%. And do you think that perhaps this group of kids had older siblings at mm. one point in time? Yes, I do. Maybe they were killed by Freddy. I think so. I think that these are tied to the Elm Street children. Um, and also, I want us to say shout out to our girl, Kristen. Like, she's a fighter. She's already been shown in a few scenes standing up for herself and mm-hmm. even though she she's overpowered by the orderlies, she still is kicking and screaming and and trying to to tell um, you know the nurse nurse ratchet to believe her. Yeah. <gasps> oh, look at your guy. Look, it's John Saxon. It is Nancy's father. Remember, we met him in Nightmare on Elm Street Part One, where he was a really really great man and clearly the events of that movie have uh traumatized him 
And yeah. times have changed a little bit. It's It's been rough for him. Um, yeah. I still love him though. Oh, I still love him. Well, and I, and I, I think it's hard seeing him so down. He's, he's now a security guard. He's been drinking a lot and they both lost Nancy's mom. So right. he's still dealing with that. And I think it's really, it's, it's sad to see him, you know, in this state, but again, here we are with Nancy confronting her father about past trauma. Come on. Like this is we can, I can't say this enough, but this really should be studied by, you know, the top graduate programs for yeah, family, you know, inter, interpersonal relationships and trauma. This is an anthropological gym. Exactly. Right here over a, over a cold can of Miller High Life. <laughs> oh my God. Anthropological gem over a cold can of Miller High Life. That's my new favorite thing. <laughs> From the beheadings to the boobaloos. Yes. That's, uh, that's going to be our rally cry from here on. Oh, over a cold can of Miller High Life. <laughs> That's everything now. <laughs> so I I will say that I agree. It is very difficult for me to see him in that state. I have yeah, to tell you. I know. That, remember, I tell you every time. That really gets me. It does, I know. Almost to the extent that I would have probably written his part differently i know almost it's, it's almost that strong with me and i totally get that because where we saw him before before nightmare one in in that role which is which he was basically a dr loomis yeah in, and in he nightmare was doing one. really well too his vibe was so good and very strong he was just so like like what he was you know an authority figure, and now he's being pushed around by Dr. Gordon. He's being pushed around by Dr. Gordon. This is really hard to see right here. So he fell from grace Oof. pretty far, but what could he do? It's the writers. <laughs> and, I mean, if we look at it from the point of, like, Nancy, it's he fell from her grace. So it's... Yeah, totally. He, he's basically in in, like been lowered in her eyes so it's their relationship but it's also hard which i totally get and i mm -hmm. actually like that i like the the progression like showing that he's he's going through grief and it's put him in that state but it's right. also hard because where we saw him before nightmare was in black christmas doing that same kind of authoritarian role or authority well, role He's, you know, we have a long and colorful history here on the podcast of of sort of lampooning the the law enforcement characters, right? Right, and and so he provided the exception. He, yes, he was exactly. the exception. The strongest, the two strongest law enforcement characters in in the genre have both been played by John Saxon. Absolutely, and I would say we lampoon them because. <laughs> the genre lampoons them um, yes and and yeah saxon and and i do think you know 
I, I think there's some redemption here. Oh, look at Gordon. He's he's filling the booze bottle with holy water. Oh, that's right. So the, the nun said, you must sanctify the ground where his bones were buried. And so finding Freddy's bones and purifying them with holy water. Which is wonderful because now we have our quest. Yep. And he's like, keep my driver's license. I'll come and replace it. <laughs> That's funny. Also, the priest looks like Anderson Cooper. Oh, my God. I literally just... <laughs> <laughs> just saw that. Yeah. Look, it's Larry. Larry yeah, he's definitely... Fishburne. He's the coolest one here. Hey, these are our parents. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love it. Oh, my God. It's our parents. I love it. Okay, my dream would be if these two played my parents and I would be the final girl in a slasher. You'd be the final girl. Yeah. Now, the question is, who would I be? You could be the Saxon character. Oh, okay. Unless, well, let's see. The, like a Loomis, right? Yeah, I'll be the Loomis. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Like the, that character though, like the, the Saxon, the Loomis. I'll be super helpful. Well, and it would be, but we could still be siblings because instead of it being like her dad, that's what it would be. You'd be the Loomis character, but but we'd still have that tie somehow. And then, oh, it'd be so good. All right, let's let's do lunch about this. It sounds like we have a script to start working on. I know we do, because we have so many. We have this because they need to be the parents, obviously. And yeah. but also, we need to do the Jason sister movie. Ooh, that that one was good. We actually developed that. It was sounding good. I seriously, I think it would be so good that you nobody knew he had a sister, but she was taken away after the mother's psychotic break. And then she right. comes back to Crystal Lake. Yeah, that's powerful. Um, Ooh, which by the way, is what they should have done with <gasps> the remake. I know. Come on, wasted opportunity. Why, why would they just make like a fake version of Friday the 13th? Nothing happened in nonsense when they could have done that. That's what I'm saying. And you could even, you could have even made her the killer so that it actually Ooh. is Friday the 13th part one and it's a female killer, first of all. Okay, okay. And check this out. At the very end, the long lost father shows up. See? Wouldn't that be so cool, though? Because then he, it wouldn't be Jason, but you would think it is. And then Jason, it, it, something would happen. It'd be amazing. Anyway. <laughs> we got to write this. I know. I'm very excited about it. Um, but what I love, oh, God, I love Nancy so much. I dress just like Nancy. 
which is hilarious. <laughs> Nancy really had an impact on you. I know, she's my favorite. She's, look at how cool she is. She just takes charge. She wants to help. Yeah, she's, she's really, really great. So a lot of them are gone now. And the ones who are still alive are desperately trying to harness the powers of their sleep. Right? Uh, well, yeah. And they're trying to get to Kristen because Kristen's been locked in solitary. So they want to make sure to go in and help her and be there with her. So now they're all pulled in to the same dream world. But getting really nervous because how are they going to confront Freddy. So, uh, and a dream warrior, in Whoops. essence, is is someone who is in control of their own sleep patterns and of what they experience in the dream world. Yeah. In a nutshell. Okay, because I think that dream warrior is something that sounds really cool, but there, it's an actual thing. Oh, you know? it's a thing, and yeah. I I want to point out the fact that Patricia Arquette. I was listening to a podcast with her um, on Mark Marin podcast, and she was like, "Yeah, Nightmare Three. I'm a dream warrior." So just saying, that's so cool. She owns it, and she's an Academy Award winner. She's been in a thousand things, and she still owns being a dream warrior. That is so cool. Yeah, and so I'm gonna have quite a bit to say about this subject on a future <gasps> episode um but some people don't seem to own it and it's very very unfortunate mm -hmm. to see these people who played in these movies yeah. uh somehow turning against these movies and dissing them <gasps> on delay uh-oh what's this scene that is a repeat of something we saw this is my favorite thing in the universe. So now we're back to where we were in the prologue in Kirsten slash Kristen's bedroom. <gasps> I and, said, oh, where's the bourbon? <laughs> here comes Freddy. Is that your favorite line? That's definitely my favorite line. And also, I, I would like to say that I like him in a tux. You know what? I can see that. How do you feel about him in a tux? Uh, you would probably say that he's missing his hat and therefore gonna, yep. mm -hmm. not as good, which there's a lot to be said about that and certainly something's missing. Okay, but can we just say how cool it is that it was a repeat of the scene, the exact dialogue, you know, where's the bourbon? And then all of a sudden, Freddy comes out. Yeah, and... It, it left us feeling as if that we had seen this already, mm -hmm. almost as if the movie were repeating itself. And I like that about this series. It distorts time and space for us. Ooh, yes, it does. And now, this is going to be one of those heavy scenes right here. Oh, this one's really sad for me. It is. It is sad. So it, it's great that you have this duality of like super silly stuff happening in this movie, but also really serious, almost uncomfortably serious stuff. Yeah, and well, that's Freddy to me, is it turns, you know, it's kind of like funny that she's this like mohawked knife wielder. 
Because that's her image of herself. However. An, an MKW. Exactly. Dead ringer. The classic. The classic. Mm-hmm. But, but her confrontation with Freddy. Oh, listen to his voice. Look familiar. Look, he, he, he wants to get her high right now. He is <gasps> exploiting Ooh. her past as a, as a drug user and really trying to get in her head right now. He's offering her drugs. That's so bad. That's so bad. uh, It it is, it's like really bad. He's using his one-liner skills to joke about her addiction. So she used to do heroin in this (gasps) alley right here. And now all of his fingers turned into heroin needles. Did you hear his voice? It sounds demonic and amazing. It's my absolute favorite Freddy voice. Let's get high. Yeah, yeah, that was a great, great line. Oh, God. He caused holes to open in her arms and then injected her with heroin. What a rush. That's terrible. Yeah, that's a very difficult scene to to talk too much about. Except for his line, what a rush. Yeah, that was that was some really really good stuff right there. I mean, this series, I'm telling you, and we're going to see this over the next two films too. We're going to see these personalized kills. Yeah. We, we don't often I mean, gosh, has it ever happened? Yeah, it happened once in a movie called April Fools Day. <gasps> see? Yeah, they it do. happened. <laughs> but other than that, slasher movie kills are just like whatever. You know, some of them are silly, some of them are super cool, but none of them are really based on who the person is. Well, not on their absolute, like, worst, darkest secrets or something that causes them absolute pain. And I think that April Fool's Day was riffing on that uh, from Nightmare. It was really riffing hard. But this, like, using his wheelchair against him, I mean, using... Oh, it's just so I mean, yeah, this is evil. actually pretty messed up. But look at his stance. Oh, he's the wizard master. Yeah, because the kid plays Wee. Dungeons and Dragons. Look how cute. <laughs> Synth comes in and he's got his powers. But, oh my God, in the name of Laura... The elf something. <laughs> the elf master. Yes. So he's Loric the elf master. <laughs> in his dreams, because his dreams come from Dungeons and Dragons, and somehow the elf master oh. involves a herringbone gold chain. <laughs> um, but now he got his heart ripped out, so that's pretty much that. And then oh, here... <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's that then. <laughs> Sheesh. <laughs> oh, um, his heart ripped out. So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's so crazy. <laughs> oh my god. That was like baseball play play by play or something. Yes! Yeah, I didn't make it. Striked out, so <laughs> That's right, because sometimes I'm the Vin Scully of Slashers. <laughs> That's amazing. Now, oh, who do we yeah, have okay. left 
I want to know who we have left because a, a lot of them are gone now, but not our core group. <laughs> Kruger! Kruger! Kincaid. Kincaid's so good. Person. He's just, oof. Nancy. Nancy. Are uh, the only is ones. Is that it? No, Joey's trapped somewhere still. Wait, where is he? He is trapped on that mattress above the um the pit of fire and the, and freddie's using him to bring them all in to you know quote what? save joey they're that's why they're here they're trying to get joey out and he's using him to bring them all in oh wait a second is joey in a coma yeah gosh incredible yeah and somehow there's a boiler room again yeah we've got another boiler room so I just want to point out demographics here. Look at our heroes. Thank you very much, 1987. Mm-hmm. Like, these are... This is our crew right now. Just saying. This is our crew. And I love it. I think that's a good point, yeah. Because they don't even do that in the remakes today. No, they don't. And it pisses me off <laughs> in 1987 yeah we got two women and a black dude yeah as the final crew which which by the way activated oh activated they yeah. are in they they crossed the threshold they freddie basically opened the door for them saying you know come in like beware and they entered trying to to deal with joey and and they when they cross the line like everybody knows what's up they're trying to get rid of freddie and saxon over here with dr gordon in the car lot or the junkyard trying to find freddie's bones definitely so um remember one of the things that i love that i always talk about is the multi-generational stuff that's right yeah, so here we have these two dudes. Um, they're the adults, and they're kind of on their own adventures while the kids are on theirs. I, I like that. There's a lot going on here that's just really fun right now. It's super fun. And the teens are activated. In fact, you know what? Everyone's activated. Oh, everyone's activated. They have got their holy water. <laughs> Yes, that they got from Anderson Cooper. Exactly. Saxon trying to leave. Yeah, right. Wait, so oh and 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 Saxon knows because he's the he's part of the mob who buried him. Yeah, so for a quick refresher, when Freddy Krueger was alive, uh he was just a dude that was killing everyone's kids on the block. Oh. And then their parents got together and hunted him down and killed him. See, that's why I love this movie as well, because it brings the lore. It brings that back. The it does. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a sucker for lore. Oh, me too. Honestly, you know, I, I think that that's what makes this series in particular so incredibly fun. I, I like the continuity and I like the lore. This movie has got lore galore. I knew you were going to say that. I, I could have bet $1 million. 
I, you know why I actually said it? Believe it or not, I saw you anticipating. I did. I saw you. <laughs> I said, oh, she wants me to just do it. I knew, I knew, I knew it too. Oh, by the way, I have 25% off at the Spirit of Halloween store. Uh-oh. So I am so excited. We should probably... Ooh do a live episode sometime around Halloween. Halloween. Are you coming for Halloween? We have uh, Atrocity Girl has yeah. a show, by the way, on Halloween. Yeah. We're going to dress yes. up. So we'll definitely do that. Oh, this is so cool. See, look at Nancy. Talk about activated. She full on just puts herself in situations that could cause harm, but for the greater good. And so yeah. is Kristen, even though she's, you know, back flipping her way over Freddie. We're not going to talk about that <laughs> right now. No, no, that's, <laughs> it's problematic. But goodness, we're just going to put that aside. We're going to put a pin in that right now. <laughs> Let's put it. You know, this this whole thing, people are just going to have to get used to this. The last yep. 20 minutes of a Freddie movie, uh, everyone turns into Bruce Lee. <laughs> that's how it goes except and look so, how serious what is where's that fire pit coming from by the way are that's we still Freddy. in the boiler yeah this is Freddy's okay. house Freddy's house and they think that they can hurt him in his own house yeah right oh yeah right <laughs> oh look at this ew he likes the blood from the bar so gross he's so cool <laughs> wow <laughs> oh the profundities <laughs> okay and he has he has everybody's soul Ooh. in his torso Ooh. by the way always Come room on. for he has more like 17 souls in his torso you know how many souls i have in my torso <laughs> whoa not 17 none I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> oh, look, he disappeared because he's been summoned in his bones. Hey. <laughs> the plan worked. They're try they're getting him. And so he has to be in two places basically, in the dream world and then in the real world with his bones. I mean, am I right? <laughs> You are right. <laughs> That's exactly how it works. Oh my god. So this is also kind of funny, but scared me as a kid. <laughs> mm, mm -hmm. You know when, like with the puppet, like, it's freaky. The bones reanimate or... Like anything teeny, anything teeny walking around is really creepy to me. Right, which is why for the longest time, you know, the ultimate scary <gasps> movie for you was Child's Play. Oh my God, which is so silly now. Right. I cannot believe it. it. Now, oh my goodness, right? The, the tone of just total like fun. <laughs> I mean, can you believe Chucky of every single horror movie? Chucky was the one that scared me the most. Because there's something about a child's toy. 
I know. Being evil. Yeah, I, I think it's just classic. It works. Ooh, this is some uh, Terminator stuff right here. It is. I, I think it was the inspiration for Terminator 2. <gasps> Look at Saxon, though. He goes out a hero. Uh -huh. So this part is a little difficult for me. I know. Yeah, you want to talk about Saxon and the, the skeleton? Goodness gracious. Oh, Saxon and the skeleton. Saxon and the skeleton. That was a nice little battle they had, but I am so sad that he's gone. I know. It's really, it's really bad. I think... Probably Saxon didn't want to continue in the series, and so they had to figure out a way to get him out. And a way to do that would be fighting Freddy in the end for Nancy. I really appreciate that redemption that he got. But it's still, oh, you don't want to see him go. Like, that's just, it's not what you want. Mm -hmm. <gasps> Check it! They're in a room of mirrors, and Joey, remember, he he's never, he doesn't speak. And they're all being taken away, so all of his friends. Wow. So what's going to happen to help? Oh, Kincaid. I should be and, Kincaid. And look at, these, look at these fun little effects. Kid. I know. I was just going to say that. Nightmare, to me, has the most creative special effects. Oh, just definitely. It's so much fun. It's entire set pieces, the whole movie with, with all of this stuff going on. Look, Whoa. Joey finds his voice. He finds his voice. Okay, Joey just found his voice and now everyone is back. <gasps> oh my God, yes. That's so amazing. Oh. Oh my God, his dream power is that he can talk. Yeah. His dream power is that he can talk. Look. And that moment, though. Ooh, I love how they do this. You know, they have this false sense of peace and the music. Like, everything's going to be fine. Yeah. I, I still, I can't say it enough. I love this final group. <gasps> oh, no. Oh, Nancy and her dad. But look, he's back in his old vibe. Yeah, it is a vibe. I agree. Look at that. Look at him. He is just classic. Yeah, he is. And he's carrying himself like the dude I remember right now. I'm very, very suspicious of this right now, though. Oh, Nancy. Oh, God. It's it's all too good to be true. Uh-oh. Do you think that's Freddy? I'm very Oh, no, 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 not Nancy, not Nancy, not Nancy. No. Oh. Ah. No. That one, that one hurts. That no. One really hurts. Nancy. <laughs> no. Ah. That one really, really hurts. Oh. Little piggy. Oh, look at Nancy. Hell, her last, her last thing. Oh, look at this final girl. Her last action. Uh-huh. Is taking him out. 
once again, Freddy Krueger defeated by Nancy. Look at this. Oh, and it's right at the time where Dr. Gordon can spread the holy water over his bones for Nancy. Oh my God. Oh, Nancy. Oh, there goes Freddy. Oh my God. Crazy. Oh my God. I got a Nancy. <gasps> oh. I know. That's so sad. <gasps> oh, God, God. Oh, Kristen. Oh. oh, God. She's so good. I'm going to dream you into a beautiful dream. Look at wow. This. Look at this, Kristen. Look at her. Look how amazing she is right now. <laughs> so this this hits pretty hard um oh, I, i'm dying I, right now i'm crying this hits pretty hard <laughs> uh nancy oh. should not oh but kristen petting her head was the sweetest thing ever yeah yeah, it really was. I it's it's very hard to believe that Nancy's gone. Nancy! But you know what? In in some way, it's it's all how it's supposed to happen. It's supposed to be the final girl. It has yes. to she has to make room for the next final girl. It's a it's a cycle. It's a constant death and rebirth of the final girl. Yes, yes. And and so now that Kirsten has had the rite of passage, uh Nancy is is no more she's able to oh. exit stage left and uh <gasps> and it was the, very very sad to see her go the nun was the ghost of freddie's mother it was amanda so now it all makes sense and here's dr gordon you know he tried for nancy and he now has the malaysian dream doll to ward off yes. nightmares and Freddy's home, the dollhouse made of sticks, and a light turns on. <laughs> oh! Credits, credits, and maybe the best song ever in the world. Can you okay listen to this synth? Mm. Chick, chick, bing, bang. Oh, so good. Dream Warriors. Oh, Dream Warriors. Zsa Zsa Gabor. That's so funny. Larry Fishburne. Patricia Arquette. Come on, everybody. Are you still sad about Nancy? I'm so sad about Nancy. I was legitimately crying. Yeah, that's that's really hard for me. That's a hard scene because I'm so invested in her ever since the first movie. You know, we uh we really love Nancy around here. Well, and so. I, I think she does such a good job, Patricia, of, I I think her, her acting in that scene comes alive. She's, the way that she's crying and cradling Nancy's head and just petting her head is so sad. It's so sad. Yes. She does yes. a really good job. They, they were very, very Warriors. effective. 
they conveyed legitimate emotion. Yes. With the dream warriors, maybe tonight, maybe tonight you'll be gone. Yes. I love this song. Yes. No, you you are in activation. It's it's a beautiful thing. This movie, this movie, and just the way that it affects you, and then the way that oh. you affect this world. He... Everyone should yeah. run and not walk. Everyone yeah. needs to watch this movie twenty times. Twenty times. Forever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. I know. We're I know. The this is dream warriors. It's so good to see just how much you love this, dream and warriors. I mean, nobody can love it as much as you. But, <laughs> but if oh, anyone so can good. come close, it's me. Oh, absolutely. And I, I just, I love it so much. And uh, so good. No matter how many times I see it, I don't think that I'm quite prepared for Nancy's death. I I don't. I'm never prepared for it because she's she goes out the hero. Oh, she's just incredible. And you know what? Hey Sue, after watching this, I think I might, I might consider leather pants. Ooh. Okay. (laughs) That is that is really really good news, um, and I think we should remind people what that means. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, your movie. So, a nightmare on Elm Street has six films in its series proper. The last proper. of which is called Freddy's Dead. But then. There's a movie called Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Ooh. New Nightmare. And Nancy actually returns in that movie. She doesn't come back from the dead. It's a little bit more complicated than that. Yeah. Really, really fun. So, you know what? I'll do it. <laughs> That's good news. That is good news because... You know, Freddy Krueger does wear leather pants all of a sudden. Yes. And so, no hat. I've been making fun of it forever. Yeah, you've been making fun of it for decades now. <laughs> yeah, I know. Leather pants. Like, why do you like his leather pants? And every time I watch it, I never hear the end of it. I know. So, <laughs> but the reason I watch it is because Nancy's in it. I know. So I'm super, I've been torn, but you know what? It's decided now, tonight, I will watch it. I'm really, really happy to hear that. Because <laughs> um, I just love her so much. Yeah, totally. I'm, I'm still completely in the spirit. And this was a really, really, really good experience. And just in case people don't know, how mesmerized we actually get. We didn't right. even mention things like Mr. Potato Head. Oh my God, that's right, Mr. Potato Head. We completely forgot. <sighs> so one of many things we have to unpack right now, as I can see 
the world's largest suitcase materializing. It just rose oh. from the ocean. Yes. So. Okay. All right. Mr. Potato Head, let's just get that one out of the way so we can get down to business. Okay, Mr. Potato Head, get him out of the way. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so do you do you have uh, any candidates? Dang. You know what? I was so mesmerized again. I know, me too. So, but also I didn't really see anybody with hair that was potato head hair. Which I know. Maybe the first time that this has ever happened. It it is the first time. I think the only people that we could even pretend uh Kirsten's mom. Oh, absolutely. Actually, well that's my vote. Nurse Ratchet has the classic thing that I call an almond. Oh my god, the almond. <laughs> what and is happening? What? <laughs> That is, is the funniest thing ever. It's an overall shape. Can you see it now? Just replace her whole head with an almond. Oh my god, that's so funny. Yeah. Um, yikes. <laughs> <laughs> I think I am voting for um Kristen's mom. All right. I'm gonna echo that as well. Yeah. So she gets it. It was that cocktail. Thing. Yeah, she definitely God. gets it. So, um, yeah, it's just that's it for me. There were many, many, many things to enjoy. So many. It, it's almost overwhelming because I'm not quite sure where to start. So let me start at the beginning. Okay. The very start of the movie opened with. Uh, a dream sequence that involved Freddie's house. Mm -hmm. We met Kirsten for the first time. She was listening to rock and roll. She was Ooh. drinking coffee. We instantly felt her sense of aloneness. Yes, and absolutely. we knew that she was the star here. So uh, I yeah. really enjoyed that. I enjoyed how they quickly established the characters and they they built them up in such a way that we became attached to them. I'm going to I'm going to just throw it out there. I think you know this is my Star Wars. This is your Star Wars. This is I know my that. Star Wars. I know that to be true. This is your Star Wars. And you know why? Because the hero's journey, everything that that has happened since the dawn of civilization. Yes. The quest but you know what I'm throwing down? Slashers are the heroine's journey. It's about the final girl. It's about like interior life for Nightmare, for the Nightmare series. Yes. And, and the dream world and things that the struggles that are happening and, you know, reflection on family dynamics and conquering something that is within and I think that is so, like, the spotlighting the women's side of things as well. So I'm just, you know, it's my Star Wars. I really like that. And speaking of heroin, um, <laughs> <laughs> one of the kill scenes in this movie Oof. was really pushing it. It was. That was bad. So 
that Sad. is a, a product of its time. Sometimes we talk about these things that could not be done today. Mm -hmm. And that kill was one of them. Uh, of course, Ooh, I mean, so when Freddy's fingers turned into hypodermic needles and he injected heroin into an addict. And, and that was her OD. It, it's like you don't expect it to be that serious. It's so sad, but, but it's so it, real. It, yeah, it, it'll just get all real on you, like in two seconds. Mm-hmm. In two seconds. It'll do fun stuff, but then it'll do serious stuff. And I want to point out that Kincaid survived. So all of this pish tosh Ooh, that I've wow. been hearing yeah. <laughs> about, you know, the Kincaid that, oh, the black character gets killed off first. No, they don't. Never. Not in the old days. No, not 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 on, not on the real slasher movies. They actually last a long time. So I am calling it pish tosh and pish tosh. And, and you know what we have around here, save the pish tosh for the dishwash. Whoa. That's it. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. So that's exactly what I meant. And long <laughs> yes. live Kincaid. Long live Kincaid. Because oh in these movies, we have so many instances mm -hmm. of of social progressiveness going on. No, it's 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 unreal, and I, I think that some people might think that we're sort of joking. No, I'm not joking at all. Yeah, I mean, this is real, actually. <laughs> compare this, compare this social dynamic to the mm -hmm. Breakfast Club. You know, the like a mainstream classic blah 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 right. of characters look at the actual demographics of our nightmare teenagers though and tell me like which one is actually representative of the times yes and then also i would like people to compare this to a popular sylvester stallone or arnold schwarzenegger or bruce willis action film and you tell me which one is more progressive and which one has more kills, first of all? Exactly. Exactly. That's another thing. People complain about slashers being violent. Give me a break. Go watch Commando or Die Hard. So you know? we had maybe, what, five kills total? Yeah. Four in the entire movie. It's, it is, it is more involved because you're involved with the characters. These... And in other action movies, they're all just nobodies. And so we don't care about them. But the count is so much lower. And I actually appreciate that we get to know the characters, especially at the Elm Street kids. Um, but I'm serious about, yeah, what's... This is almost Degrassi level. Like, right. <laughs> progressive with dynamics, social dynamics, and showing teens with actual issues who are... Mm -hmm who try to survive together with parents not believing them, with society that has completely thrown them away, thrown them into a psych ward. And and would you say that cinematically speaking, the Nightmare series has something that no one else has with the audio-visual aspect? I absolutely, well, with 
all of the makeup effects and everything. Yeah. There's some good stuff going on. Or what's your favorite? I would say that the way that they flip back and forth between reality and dreaming and and all of the claymation happening out of nowhere. That's what I'm saying. You know, like they, oh. they do things that no one else does. The creativity in these movies, because of the rules, the, the structure is anything can happen in the dream world. Anything goes. Which is ultimate creativity they the sets are amazing the makeup's amazing the the ideas like the puppet the claymation freddy outstanding and yeah. i i would say i appreciate it more when it's a nightmare because it's the rules then when like a jason comes back you know 1989 or something with supernatural powers it's like well wait a second that wasn't necessarily the rule of this world i appreciate it with freddy Exactly. All of a sudden, uh, one thing that was often cited as a flaw in other films uh, becomes a great talking point and, and something to compliment. You know, this supernatural thing that Freddy has works to his advantage. Yes, it does. And it would be so influential to the extent that everyone else said, wait a second. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to be able to teleport. And yeah, exactly. Stuff. <laughs> yeah. So it, it became so tempting that both Michael Myers and Jason developed these supernatural powers. So this is really good stuff. Now, the reason Freddy came back in the first place is because Jason was revived, and perhaps Jason had supernatural powers and Jason lifts mm -hmm. to an extent. But what Freddy did was take them and bring them to the forefront and utilize them in such a way that made him untouchable. And he knew it and he was laughing about it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It was really, really, really great stuff. I liked the cinematic style. I liked the group of teens. Mm -hmm. I liked the adult helper characters. I damn sure liked the nun. Oh, I love the oh. nun. Yeah, and then we learned a little bit more about Freddy. Oh that was really fun. Remember the first time we learned all that? And, um, and we were like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> that oh was, my that was quite, quite mind-blowing. So we learned Freddy's backstory now. Oh, it's the best ever. Amanda Kruger, the bastard son of a hundred maniacs. It's like the best. That ever. is such a good line. And so we have... This, the nun, Gordon, I really love that kind of like straight man thing um, where he's seeing, he knows what's going on, but he's also mm -hmm. getting all the information for the first time as a newbie to everything. And I think that's necessary to the series too, where they have someone who's coming in from the outside, who's learning the inner workings of Freddy. And yes, then he had his definitely. hero moment and I loved the interaction with Nancy, they were getting to be kind of a cute little couple going on. Uh -huh. And I, I really think that and that's the, my favorite thing. There's every, it has everything has a couple backstory, lore, generational knowledge, uh, from the parents to the kids, the teenagers who all had different individual personalities from the Hollywood girl 
to the um, the addict and Kincaid and Philip with his puppets and Joey um, and wheelchair dude. <laughs> wheelchair dude. Uh, yes. Oh my goodness. But and then of course Nancy. Like there's no getting over Nancy. I'm gonna spill <laughs> the beans. The beans are. <laughs> Yes. That this is my 10. Wow, you went straight to it. I have to. I'm too excited because I want to tell you every reason why it's my 10. Yep. Please. I love it. This is my 10. So the beans are out. Beans are cooked. <laughs> <laughs> and they're good too. Like this is my 10. We have seen we've watched a lot of movies already. You had your 10 with Halloween. Yes, I did. And we're only getting one each. And we we made an exception for a mutual 10 because we both, we both, you know, couldn't rate it any less for Sleepaway Camp. So that's, that's done. And so then we're waiting and what was it going to be? Was it going to be Nightmare 1? Nope. My 10 is Nightmare 3, Dream Warriors, because of everything I've already mentioned and... The fact that Nancy makes a comeback and she has integrated everything that happened when she was a teenager and processed her trauma and worked through it to to actually study it and help other people who went through or are going through what she went through to me. Yes, definitely. It's so profound. I think it gets lost in the shuffle when people are talking about not just the genre, but the Nightmare series, part three in particular what Nancy's character symbolizes, how she was written, her being a, a model for girls who were watching this movie cannot be overstated. I, I mean, she influenced me hugely. And Kristen as well, you know, all, all of the, the group, Kincaid, just the energies of these teens battling their inner issues with, with, adults who have turned their backs on them, I think it's so, so, so profound. And that's aside from how much I love Freddy in this film with uh, not just like the classic, you know, hat, sweater, etc., but how yes. much I love his vibe in this film. Like the one-liners are, everything is classic to me from Welcome to Prime Time, um, What a Rush, you know, Come and Get Me, like there's so many in this movie where he, I feel like Freddie was just at the height of who he was in 1987. I love how 80s it is because we've got the hair metal going. We've got the camp, but we've got a plot, but we've also got some creative kills. So makeup effects team is on point. It's my 10. Excellent. Excellent. So <laughs> I... I have always enjoyed your unbridled enthusiasm for this film and how much you love it has been very uh, contagious. I have ended up loving it more. Yay! That's what I like to hear. Because of things you've said and the overall experience of watching it with you has been such that uh, you can tell and folks... I will vouch for the fact that she really, really loves this movie. Oh, it my is, goodness. 
I just do. <laughs> amazing thing to, to witness someone loving a film this much. And I just feel like the fact that it's underrated, as far as just movies, when people just talk movies, it's like, this mm -hmm. has everything. It has everything. And uh, I, yes. I honestly... I honestly think if people could get over, you know, oh, slasher, like that thing that people do with dismissing the genre and just look at the the characters, that it would be talked about a lot more. I think so, too. I, I agree. It had all of the grimace on its own as just a really good classic 80s movie. Um, and I Larry is criminally underrated. Yes, Larry. <laughs> yeah, it is underrated. We love Larry. Oh my God. Larry. We well, obviously he inspired the Matrix. You know, they watched this movie and they thought, oh, this is exactly who we need in 20 years <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what they were thinking. And I think it took them that long, you know, to write the script probably. And so they were like, but we will put a pin in this. It's going to be Larry because he knows the dream world. And I think obviously Patricia Arquette was picked for all of those other movies based on her amazing performance here that won her the Oscar later in life. I mean, that's just clear to me. And Definitely. so it's like, how can you not like this movie? I, I think it is absolutely wonderful. Um, I, I love it so much. It's hard for me to separate the reasons I love it from just loving it because of your enthusiasm and how effective that has been. And because that is, that is such a good part of the overall experience for me is just knowing that you are going to have a great time and love every second and seeing you come alive, Yay. it's it's really, really great stuff. I happen to to love it as well. Um, I wasn't always the biggest Freddy fan, but he grew on me later in life. And once I started to realize that there was this ongoing saga on Elm Street mm. with all of these cool kids that actually had personalities and... Uh, like real things to say and they were fully fleshed out characters and they were going through this all together and there were these really cool sound effects and you never knew when oh. they were asleep or awake this is really cool stuff and oh it's so cool you know it's just great the idea of freddy as a one-liner machine yes started here yep in this movie and is in its most potent form here. I, I agree. I think it's in its best form because it's not overly used yet. Exactly. So sometimes we talk about like, what's the best version of Jason? Yeah. Which I, I think that we've, yeah, we've gotten deep into that. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Part four. Six Jason movies, but we've only seen two Freddy movies so far. Oh, that's right. So I think for the most part, people don't really know yet what we're saying when we talk about how maybe the balance isn't quite as good 
from here out as far as the the joking and stuff like that but right now freddie is still a hundred percent menacing mm -hmm. but he's also a guy with a really really great sense of humor that is used masterfully yeah oh my goodness it the lines because they're not throwaway one-liners just to make him funny they actually are integrated into personal um pain like when he says what a rush when he's injecting her full of drugs and when he says welcome to prime time to this girl who wanted to be in hollywood and i mean it's so bad but it's so good he's he's taking what he knows about them and using it to kill them he's he's crushing their dreams inside of their dreams inside of their dreams and yeah when we see like the little bike roll in half a <laughs> second after we yeah. saw her be awake and now we know we're in a dream but are we and the music starts and we hear little laughter from kids it's the creepy vibe is mm -hmm. perfect it is a everything the atmosphere is just so good so when good. i think about a rating with the with the disclaimer oh yes uh because it, it's only been a couple of episodes now you get to give your 10 here because you get 110 yeah this is my 10 so so this is your 10 but i have to rate it out of nine correct because uh, our starting from ftt six ftt six right yes yes we are now rating everything out of nine in respect to the earlier half of slashers right yeah yeah the late 80s slasher movies are different the highest score that they can get is a nine and and we figured that that is the best way to sort of show respect to the golden years Mm -hmm. Because these are two different entities, mm -hmm. and we love them both. Yes, but they are different. Yeah, yeah, and we love them in such different ways. Yep. I, I mean, the the experience on the whole is so incredibly different that it, it even affects, like it goes as deep as the way that you sit here and look at it. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, we're laughing more, we're you know, going on tangents, like with something from early 80s Canada, you know, happy birthday to me, where it's serious 100% of the time. I I was very, very invested in a movie like that in a totally different way. Yes. But like Freddy Krueger coming back mm -hmm. is a monumentous event. Yep. And now we officially have a saga. I, I, I like that word. I think that that I... really... Love is it. the key here you know because now all of a sudden it's the late 80s and we're gonna follow these franchises through many 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 sequels yes that's i love that i i love the dedication and of uh england of robert england over here as freddy krueger being the only person who could play freddy by the way Ooh, which is another very important point. So Freddie is the only one of the big three who was played by the same person every time. Same person. Like he That's is Freddie. Really 
So that's the other thing. He got to build the character over time and really inhabit. And I, th I think that makes it strong. Um, oh, yeah. And, and oh, yeah. I'll say, too, the reason why the, you know, the golden era slashers, early 80s, Canada, these really kind of serious by the book mm -hmm. films. Well, I love them in a different way, but the later 80s, it's the hair metal. It's a party. We're we're full on in a party right now. And I think that's why I also love this era. Because anything goes. It is having a lot of fun doing what it's doing. And so while we used to watch these movies where we had no idea who the killer was. Mm -hmm. Remember the old days where we would just sit here and try to figure it out. Yeah. We'd be guessing, okay, I think it's Michelle. You think it's, you know, Robert, who oh is God, the yes. killer? And it turns out in the end to be someone that we know from the movie. Exactly. You know? And, and so we go back and like retrace our steps. Yeah. Which is super fun. That's a totally different trip then okay we're going into this movie we know it's fred well and he's all over pop culture he's his face is on a cereal box i mean this is a totally different experience yeah so so all of a sudden now these slasher movie villains are pop culture icons that are making a lot of money mm -hmm. which is very very fascinating when you think about the anti-hero just as a concept and yeah. the way that these uh, serial killers just became legends, legends yeah. to the extent that that they were selling children's cereal. Yeah. I mean, it's so funny. <laughs> so I really became a Freddy fan over the years. Yay. A lot of it is thanks to you. Freddy's attorney. He is really fun for me. And I'm going to have to give this movie the highest rating that I'm allowed to give, which is going to be an 8.999. Whoa. I will so accept it. That is, uh, if I was allowed to give it higher, I would. Okay. I absolutely would. But because I'm rating out of nine, I just, I want to add the three nines after the eight to be clear that I love this movie. 8.999. Awesome. I loved it. Mine's a 10. And those are the baked beans. Those are the baked beans. Well, do you want to do the, the usual game of who would I be with? No, it's Nancy. Hands down. You better be with Nancy. Or you just say it's Nancy and that's it. It has to be. <laughs> it better be. <laughs> Is there anyone else that could enter the equation? No. Except for maybe Kristen's mom. <laughs> Whoa. Wait. Isn't that what you said last time? Did you say I was with Kristen's mom? Did I? <laughs> I think you did. <laughs> I think you did. I think she would I... try to cause trouble, but you better be with Nancy. Yeah. Yeah, you're pretty adamant about that one. Oh, it has because I think Kristen's mom would be her vibe <laughs> and like bring the bourbon. Yeah, she would. 
but no, there's nobody possible with Nancy in the picture. Yeah, I think that's pretty accurate. What role do you think that Boobaloo of the West Wing would play? Boobaloo of the West Wing, I would knock her out the window. <laughs> <laughs> just, just like the way you throw blondes into the well. Oh, no. Wait, isn't she a blonde? Oh, my God. It's true. See, I'd knock her out the window into the well. <laughs> From the window to the well. From the window to the well. Because I just, I don't want any of her nonsense because you have to be with Nancy. Yeah. Well, I absolutely will agree with that. I, <laughs> I think this is one of those movies where it's not fair. No, it's not fair. It's just, it's not fair. Nancy has too much going on. She's amazing. So, definitely... I love Bow it. to your greater knowledge of who would I be with. <laughs> <laughs> I think, okay, here's the other thing. If we're creating a movie. Mm-hmm. Ooh, okay. So it'd be Nancy and Larry would be the parents. You would be the Loomis. I would be the final girl. And then, hmm. Ooh, you know what would be cool? Jamie Lee hmm. Curtis coming in. Ooh, that's who? My wife? No, that's your wife. Oh. Hey, uh, Sue. <laughs> well, who's she be? Of course, you want you want Jamie Lee as your wife. Well. She's always your wife. I love it. That's the best ever. Yeah. You just love Jamie Lee. I do. I do. <laughs> that is the best ever. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. No. She, <laughs> she would be um, the... Like the crazy Ralph character, except whoa, right? Except yeah. awesome. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I can see it now. Oh my god, I think that'd be so cool. Let's have John Saxon in there. <gasps> I know, but you would be that. You would be the Loomis Saxon. Well, that's my ten. All right, that's your ten. So it's my 8.999. And tonight we're keeping our gloves, hat, dirty red and green sweaters on as we keep our suit on. Yay!